In today's story session, a tale about a man whose horrifying stupidity is a constant terror to all the animals of the village. This is Clever Hans. My name is Zach Stewart, and these are the Shadow Bear Story Sessions. Welcome to the Shadow Bear Story Sessions, the podcast about how brutally dark and totally insane folk tales and fairy tales used to be, which, in my opinion, just made them better and more entertaining. So I've got the most true-to-the-original version of Grimm's Fairy Tales that I could find, and we're going through it front-to-back, story-by-story. We'll figure out the sometimes unintended lessons of each story, and at the end of each episode, I'll adapt the tale into a movie or TV show. So let's get right into it with today's tale, titled... Clever Hans. Clever Hans. We begin. Where are you going, Hans? His mother asked. To Gretel's, Hans replied. We've already done Hansel and Gretel. Now we've got Hans and Gretel. What were there only like four names in old timey Central Europe? Take care, Hans. Don't worry. Goodbye, mother. Hans arrived at Gretel's place. Good day, Gretel. Good day, Hans. Have you brought me anything nice? Didn't bring anything. Want something from you. Gretel gave him a needle. Goodbye, Gretel, Hans said. Goodbye, Hans. The fuck? So Hans shows up and is just like, I want something. Don't care what it is. Just give me something. No one behaves like this, showing up to your friend's house just asking for something. Nonsense. Hans took the needle, stuck it in the hay wagon, and walked home behind the wagon. Good evening, mother. Good evening, Hans. Where have you been? At Gretel's. What did you bring her? Didn't bring her anything. Got something. What did Gretel give you? We're really going beat by beat here. Got a needle. Where do you put the needle, Hans? Stuck it in a hay wagon. That was stupid of you. You should have stuck it in your sleeve. Doesn't matter. I'll do better next time. So he lost the needle, I guess? Did he forget to take it out of the hay wagon when he reached home? So now it's lost? It's pretty irresponsible to demand something from your friend and then immediately lose that thing. We continue. Where are you going, Hans? To Gretel's, mother. Take care, Hans. Don't worry. Goodbye, mother. Hans arrived at Gretel's place. Good day, Gretel. Good day, Hans. Have you brought me anything nice? Didn't bring anything. Want something from you. Hans is just a prick. He just keeps showing up and demanding things from Gretel. What a rude friend. Gretel gave Hans a knife. Goodbye, Gretel. Goodbye, Hans. And we're getting every beat of conversation, so there's no small talk or anything. He literally just shows up, demands a thing, clearly a sharp thing, maybe Hans likes sharp stuff, and then goes on his way. Hans took the knife, stuck it in his sleeve, and went home. Good evening, mother. Good evening, Hans. Where have you been? At Gretel's. What did you bring her? Didn't bring her a thing. Got something. What did Gretel give you? Got a knife. Where do you put the knife, Hans? Stuck it in my sleeve. That was stupid of you, Hans. You should have put it in your pocket. 
Doesn't matter. I'll do better next time. It probably matters to Gretel, whose shit you keep losing. Not cool. And I guess the the knife fell out of his sleeve? Did he lose it? Does he still have it? Because if the sleeve worked fine, then who cares how this weirdo transports the various sharp objects he keeps demanding from his friend? I have no idea what's going on here. Where are you going, Hans? To Gretel's mother. Take care, Hans. Don't worry. Goodbye, mother. Hans arrived at Gretel's place. Good day, Gretel. Good day, Hans. A lot of this story is just pleasantries, as Hans leaves and arrives places. Little wordy. Little wordy, guys. Have you brought me anything nice? Gretel was so optimistic that he's going to bring her something at some point, but he never does. Didn't bring anything. Wants something from you. Gretel gave Hans a kid goat. Oh, God. Something that's alive. This can't end well. Goodbye, Gretel. Goodbye, Hans. Hans took the goat, tied its legs together, and stuck it in the pocket of his coat. By the time he got home, the goat had suffocated. Good evening, mother. Good evening, Hans. Where have you been? At Gretel's. What did you bring her? Didn't bring her a thing. Got something. What did Gretel give you? Got a goat. Where do you put the goat, Hans? Stuck it in my pocket. That was stupid of you, Hans. You should have tied the goat to a rope. Doesn't matter. I'll do better next time. This guy really just is not bothered about anything. He lets everything just roll right off his back. And here we go again. Where are you going, Hans? To Gretel's mother. Take care, Hans. Don't worry. Goodbye, mother. He always says, don't worry. She has good reason to worry. I'd be worried. Anytime Hans is going anywhere at this point, I'm worried if I'm his mom. Hans arrived at Gretel's place. Good day, Gretel. Good day, Hans. Have you brought me anything nice? Didn't bring anything. Want something from you. Gretel gave Hans a piece of bacon. Hans took the bacon, tied it to a rope, and dragged it along behind him. The dogs came and ate the bacon. By the time Hans arrived home, he had the rope in his hand, but nothing attached to it anymore. Good evening, mother. Good evening, Hans. Where have you been? At Gretel's. What did you bring her? Didn't bring her a thing. Got something. What did Gretel give you? Got a piece of bacon. What have you done with the bacon, Hans? Tied it to a rope. Dragged it home. Dogs got it. That was stupid of you, Hans. You should have carried it on your head. Should he have? Really? That's her suggestion? Carry bacon on your head and you just have weird bacon juice dripping down your face. I don't know if I trust the mother's suggestion on this one, calling into question all of her judgment, and also making me think maybe Hans' stupidity is not entirely his own fault. Doesn't matter, I'll do better next time. Where are you going, Hans? To Gretel's mother. Take care, Hans. Don't worry. Goodbye, mother. Hans arrived at Gretel's place. Good day, Gretel. Good day, Hans. Have you brought me anything nice? Didn't bring anything. Of course. Want something from you. Gretel gave Hans a calf. Stop giving him living stuff. Goodbye, Gretel. Goodbye, Hans. Hans took the calf, set it on his head, and the calf kicked him in the face. Good evening, mother. I wonder if when he shows up to his mom and he did the stupid thing that he just did, how he really feels. Like, maybe I'll try and hide this one or play it off. Or I wonder if he knows how badly he messed up. 
Good evening, Hans. Where have you been? At Gretel's. What did you bring her? Didn't bring her a thing. Got something. What did Gretel give you? Got a calf. What have you done with the calf? Put it on my head. Kicked me in the face. That was stupid of you, Hans. You should have led the calf to the stable and put it in the stall. Just tell... Stop telling him specific things. She's got to pick up on the, 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 the repetition at this point. Just tell him, think about the best way to get whatever you have home. Don't give him specific advice. He's going to be too literal with it. You know how this is going to end. Come on, Mom. Teach him, teach him some critical thinking. Doesn't matter. I'll do better next time. It, you know what, Hans? It does matter at this point. It does matter. Because you got kicked in the face. A goat is dead. We don't know what happened to the calf after it kicked you in the face. It may have just run off. And maybe that's dead now, too. You lost a bunch of the other shit. The bacon's gone. The needle's gone. Who knows what happened with the knife? It does matter. It probably matters to Gretel, whose shit you keep losing. <sighs> Where are you going, Hans? To Gretel's mother. Take care, Hans. Don't worry. Goodbye, mother. Hans arrived at Gretel's place. Good day, Gretel. Good day, Hans. Have you brought me anything nice? Didn't bring anything. Want something from you. I'll come along with you, Gretel said. Ooh. The stakes are raised. Hans took Gretel, put a rope around her, and led her into the stable. Tied her to a stall and threw her some grass. Then he went to his mother. Good evening, mother. Good evening, Hans. Where have you been? At Gretel's. What did he bring her? Didn't bring her a thing. Got something. What did Gretel give you? Got nothing. She came along. Where have you left Gretel? Led her by a rope and tied her up in the stall and threw her some grass. That was stupid of you, Hans. You should have thrown friendly looks at her with the eyes. Hans went into the stable, cut out the eyes of all the cows and sheep, and threw them in Gretel's face. Then Gretel got angry, tore herself loose, and ran away. This was how Hans lost his bride. The End Well, good. I'm glad he lost his bride. First off, we didn't even know that they were dating, or, or courting, or what have you. They just, he just keeps going to her house. I just thought they were friends. They were actually dating, and this is how he treats her? She, I'm surprised she put up with as much as she did. This guy sucks. He just keeps taking a bunch of stuff, never brings anything, and then mistreats the stuff you give him. Stunningly, Gretel was fine and still on board with this, even after Hans took all of her belongings without giving anything back, and then put her in the stall and threw her some grass and left her there. She was still cool with all that. She was fine, apparently. It was the cutting out animals' eyes and throwing them at her that finally put her off. And in my book, she was a, she's a champ for even putting up with that much. I mean, when she's sitting in the stall and he tosses her some grass, maybe she thinks, she thinks it's funny. Maybe she's like, oh, Hans, you're so corky. But no, she drew the line at the severed cow's and sheep's eyes. And the cows and the sheep were in the stable too, so presumably she watched and saw this as he cut out these eyes and then started throwing them at her. Yeah, get, get out of this marriage, Gretel. Good call. Good call. 
All right, we've got a, a part two here. That sometimes happens. This is actually, doesn't look like a sequel. It looks like an alternate version. So maybe we'll get some more detail here because this first version was mostly just pleasantries. So let's get into it. Version two of Clever Hans. A very rich widow lived in the valley of Gesslingen and she had an only son who was coarse and had crazy ideas. He was also the greatest fool among all the inhabitants of the valley. Now, one time, this very same dunce happened to notice the beautiful, attractive, and intelligent daughter of a highly respected and distinguished man in Sarbrücken. Okay, so we're already getting a lot more backstory here. The fool took an immediate liking to her. So he implored his mother to arrange a marriage with this young woman. If she didn't, he would smash the oven and the windows and break all the staircases in the house. What a weirdly specific threat. I would never have thought to do that. Break all the staircases in the house? But that's actually kind of brilliant. Like Fucking up someone's staircases would be so frustrating and inconvenient and difficult to fix. Maybe this guy's not a fool. Maybe he's an evil genius. We continue. His mother knew and clearly understood how mad her son was, and feared that if she didn't let him court the young maiden right away, and didn't give him a great deal of property to boot, he would act like such a boorish ass that he'd be out of control and there would be no reasoning with him. Even though the maiden's parents were wonderful people and of noble lineage, they were also very poor, so that because of their poverty, they were not in a position to look after her according to her social position. Consequently, they were obliged to approve the dunce's courting. But his mother was also afraid that her son was such a big bumbling oaf that the maiden would perhaps reject him. Therefore, she gave him all kinds of lessons so that he would know how to treat the young woman with fine and polite manners and how to be nimble on his feet. So yeah, much more detailed here. After the maiden had her first meeting with him and talked with him, she gave him a pair of handsome gloves as a gift. They were made out of soft Spanish leather. The fool put them on and started out for home. Suddenly there was a rainstorm, and he kept the gloves on. He didn't care whether they became wet or not. As he was walking along the path, he slipped and fell into the swampy water. When he arrived home, he was covered with mud, and the gloves were nothing but soggy leather. He complained to his mother, and the good old woman scolded him and said, The next time you should wrap them in a handkerchief and stuff them inside your shirt next to your chest. Soon thereafter, the numbskull showed up again at the maiden's house, and she asked him about the gloves. He told her what had happened, and she laughed and quickly grasped how little wisdom he possessed. Now she gave him another present, and at this time, it was a hawk. What? So she realizes he's stupid, and he can't handle leather gloves, and she immediately escalates her gift to a fucking hawk? She's trying to get this guy attacked by a hawk. She's trying to assassinate this guy via hawk. She doesn't want to deal with him anymore. Also, she was really cool about the gloves. If she's so poor, then those gloves would have been a big deal for her. She is already way too good for him, and in this version it seems like she knows it. He took it, headed for home, and remembered his mother's words of advice. So he strangled the hawk, wrapped it in his handkerchief, and stuck it inside his shirt. 
He didn't even, he didn't even just like put it there. He, he killed it. He straight up killed it. He strangled it. This wasn't an accident where he didn't intend to kill the hawk. He's like, the only way I can get this home is if it's dead. His mother scolded him again and told him he should have carried it carefully in his hand. The yokel went to the maiden a third time. This version is really creative with, with all their insults for this guy. Oafish boar, ass, moronic ass, yokel, numbskull. It's like a whole thesaurus for, for how to insult someone and call them stupid. She asked him how things were going with the hawk. So he told her what had happened, and she thought to herself, he's truly a living fool, and realized that he didn't deserve anything precious or splendid. It's a little harsh. Therefore, she gave him a big hoe with spikes as a gift that he could use while he was plowing the land. Again, he took his mother's advice to heart and carried it home high above his head with his hands like a large ladle. Is that how you carry ladles? He carries ladles high above their head. His mother was not at all satisfied and told him he should have tied it to a horse and dragged it home. Well, no, holding it over his head was fine. It was a little unnecessary and dramatic, but still, tying it to a horse to drag it? First off, he didn't have a horse. Did he have a horse? And secondly, wouldn't the spikes dig into the ground and mess up the trail or the road and make it hard for the horse to walk? If it's a stone road, it would just mess up the hoe. Just carrying it like he did was actually a better call here. He just happened to carry it really dramatically above his head, but hey, he's theatrical. Nothing wrong with that. Finally, the maiden realized that even the lord would not be able to help the fool, since there wasn't an ounce of brains or wisdom in him, but she didn't know how to get rid of him. Ah. So the next time she saw him, she gave him a huge piece of bacon and shoved it into his chest. Of course, he was very satisfied and wanted to go home right away. Why, why does he want to go home right away just because he likes the gift? Does he not want to like hang out, talk? Guess not. However, he was afraid that he might lose it, and therefore tied it to the tail of his horse. Then he mounted the steed and rode home. As he was riding, the dogs came running after him and ripped the bacon from the horse's tail and ate it. When the fool arrived home, the bacon was gone. It was now completely clear to the mother that her son's wisdom would prevent a marriage. So she decided to drive to the maiden's parents to set the date for the marriage and before she departed, she had a serious word or two with him and told him to keep the house in order and not to do anything foolish, particularly since she had a goose that was about to hatch some eggs. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't even mention that you have a goose. Don't draw his attention to the goose. It's only going to end badly. Also, it's interesting that in this version, the maiden realizes she's got to get out of the situation because the guy's an idiot. Interesting difference here if she now actively tries to get rid of the guy and drive him off. Now, as soon as the mother was out of the house, her son disappeared quickly into the cellar where he got drunk on the wine and lost the plug to the wine barrel. As he hunted for the plug, all the wine spilled and flooded the cellar. Man, this guy... Consequently, the bumbler took a sack of flour and shook it all over the wine so that his mother wouldn't see the damage when she returned home. 
don't know how that don't know how that's supposed to work, but after doing this, he ran up into the house and began eating some wild venison. But the goose that was sitting on her eggs became frightened and shrieked, Gaga, gaga. That's what that's what geese say, I guess. In turn, the fool became scared and thought the goose had said, I'm going to tell on him. And he was positive the bird would tell what he had done in the cellar. So he took the goose and chopped its head off. Now he was afraid that the eggs would spoil and that he was really in trouble. But he thought of a solution. He would sit on the eggs until they hatched. However, it would not work unless he was covered in feathers like the goose. I love this story so much. This version is way better. Again, he thought of a solution. He took off his clothes and smeared his body all over with honey that his mother had recently made. Then he ripped open the quilt of a bed and rolled around in the feathers so that he looked like a hobgoblin. Finally, he sat down on the goose eggs and was completely quiet so that the silly young geese inside would not become afraid. Like that he thinks of the the young geese inside as silly, like these idiots in there. As the numbskull was sitting there, his mother returned and knocked on the door. Since the fool was sitting on the eggs, he didn't want to answer. She knocked again, and he screamed, Gaga, gaga, and thought that he was hatching the silly young geese. Parentheses, or fools like himself. I guess that's like an old-timey, old-timey joke. And therefore, he couldn't speak. Finally, his mother threatened him so much that he crawled out of the nest and opened the door. When she saw him, she thought he was the devil himself, and asked him what was going on, and he told her that everything was in top shape. Yeah, I'm guessing she's not gonna, not gonna believe that, considering he's naked and covered in honey and feathers. However, his mother was anxious about her dunce because his bride was due to arrive soon. This is great. This is like a modern-day comedy. I would love to see this just as is. So she said to him that she would gladly forgive him, but he must now control himself, for his bride would soon be there. She advised him to welcome her in a friendly way, and to be nice to her, and to steadily cast polite eyes upon her. The fool replied, Yes, mother, I'll do as you say. So he wiped off all the feathers. Thank goodness, that's an important bit got dressed and went out into the stable where he cut out the eyes of all the sheep and stuffed them under his shirt next to his chest. As soon as the bride arrived, he went toward her and cast all the eyes that he had gathered at her face, for he thought this was the way it was to be done. The good maiden was mortified that he had dirtied and ravaged her like that. It was clear that the fool was a complete bore and that he was totally berserk, and might do anything or everything to her that came to his mind. So she turned around, went home, and rejected him. Well, he remained a fool just as he was before, and he's still hatching young geese to this day. Oh, that's kind of nice. I'm concerned, however, that when the geese wake up, they too will become young fools. May the Lord protect us. I threw in a little narrator joke at the end there, I guess. The end. 
Well, there's way more detail in that second version. Got to admit, I preferred that one. Also, it had that crazy bit with the geese and the feathers and the honey and him just immediately getting drunk and messing up the cellar after his mom left, panicking about that, throwing all the flour. That was great. That was phenomenal. I loved that one. That was probably one of my favorites. So what are the intended lesson here? Overall, this tale seems to be what old-timey people thought of as a joke as much as it was a folktale, just like a funny story. But I think if there's an intended lesson, then it would be what's appropriate for one situation is not appropriate for all situations. I think that's what it means to say. But there are no consequences from him doing the wrong thing with these various objects and animals that Gretel gives him. There are only consequences when he severely misinterprets something about the casting eyes. That's what ruins everything, is him misinterpreting about the eyes. And that's got nothing to do with him always using the wrong method to transport things and, and, and using what's appropriate for one situation in an inappropriate second situation. So I think the message gets muddied by that, if that is the, the intended message. But I think the actual lesson is don't let a man or woman take advantage of you in a relationship. There's got to be give and take. If your boyfriend or girlfriend just takes, takes your needle, takes your hawk, takes your goat, takes your calf, takes your leather gloves, your whatever, and then just doesn't give a shit about it, ruins it, or just takes, even just, just keeps taking them, doesn't give anything back, that's a red flag. And they're not a good partner. And it will inevitably lead to you getting tied up in a stable as they throw severed eyes at your face. I think that's the actual lesson of Clever Hans. All right, let's adapt this thing. Let's keep it in medieval times, because I like that. And it's probably... I don't see how you could sustain this over over a whole show. I mean, you probably could, but I'm, I'm picturing a movie. So we have a young man who's born into a staggeringly wealthy merchant family. And let's say he's played by Chris Pratt. I like that. He's sort of a... You know, sort of aloof, but but likable. So he's very stupid, and because of his family's wealth, he really doesn't have to get good at anything, and has mostly spent his life at home, only interacting with his servants, who all have to be super nice and complimentary of him, even though he's he's dumb and, and not very good at most things. And because of this, he has delusional levels of confidence, and believes he's brilliant and amazing at absolutely everything. And I, I love an irrationally confident character. And Chris Pratt would be good at that. So one day, he sees a maiden come to their glorious house to deliver apples from her family's orchard. And that'll be played by Sue Aubrey Plaza. Re rekindle the Parks and Rec chemistry. I kind of see that dynamic here, to be honest. So I think that works. And after she leaves, he asks his mother and father if they can set him up with the maiden, as it is time for him to take a wife. And they're worried... They're worried because they know he's dumb and could embarrass the family, which is why they keep him inside mostly, but he threatens to destroy all the staircases, and finally they relent and are like, well, you're coming of age, so I suppose it's time for you for you to court a wife, but do exactly as we say and be sure to impress her. And he's like, oh, I certainly will. I don't think that'll be a problem. So they contact the maiden's family and arrange for them to meet, and the maiden gives him the pair of lovely gloves, and he accepts them happily. And a couple days later, he returns and still has the gloves on his hand, saying he never took them off and doesn't ever intend to. That's how much he loves them. And she thinks it's odd, but kind of sweet. And the next time he shows up, she gives him a hawk, 
and he takes that hawk and immediately becomes a hawk master. And the two hunt across the countryside, and he shows up the next time with like 50 dead rabbits that he gives her. And then she gives him a cow. And he's dumb and rich, so he's never really interacted with the farm animals on his land. He's never interacted with a common cow. He just thinks it's a, a special type of horse because he's ridden horses and has paintings of horses in his luxurious home. So he rides the cow around, thinking it's a, a weird horse, while he goes on his hunts with his trusty hawk. And then she gives him the big hoe with the spikes. And he's not at all familiar with farm work. So he takes the hoe, sharpens the edges, and uses it as a spear to use while he hunts with the hawk. So now he's, he starts upsetting the farmers because he's just riding around the countryside on a cow, spearing their livestock animals with, with this hoe and having his hawk attack anyone who confronts him. And the maiden hears about this and thinks it's very odd, but she also thinks, well, he doesn't totally understand some things, but clearly he's trying to show me he likes me because he's really going all out embracing the gifts I give him. So it's kind of sweet, I guess. And she also thinks he's kind of funny and quirky in a weird but sweet way. So she doesn't tell him how wrong he's got everything and how he's not, how he's misinterpreting things. Because she, she kind of has a soft spot for him, or is developing a soft spot for him. And we, we see that chemistry build. Then one day she visits him at home, and his mother says the comment about, make sure you, you throw eyes at her. And so the young man presents a lavish, romantic meal to her, and he really lays it on thick, because he wants to impress her and show her how much all her gifts mean to him. So he mounts the sharpened hoe over the fireplace as if it were a, an ancient grand sword used in battle. And he brings the hawk, and it awkwardly just sort of perches there and sits there as they eat, and he occasionally talks to it like it was part of their conversation, like it's his buddy. And he's also wearing the gloves, and is, is really going out of his way to show off that he's wearing the gloves, like drawing attention to them and doing elaborate stuff with his hands. And he's feeling great about himself and he wants to show off so he has the hawk fly around the room and he gets up and he starts dancing and doing elaborate hand gestures with the gloves as part of his dancing and acting like he's the coolest most seductive guy in the world and then as he's dancing he starts pulling out the eyes of all the dead rabbits that his hawk recently had caught that he'd severed he has like a little bag of the eyes and he starts pulling them out and he starts throwing them at the maiden as he's dancing and finally she puts a stop to everything she's like all right stop you've got to stop look i i find it very sweet that you care so deeply for all the gifts that i've given you but you're t you're taking it too far i i know you mean well but seriously what's going on with the eyes and he explains well, my, my mom told me I should throw eyes at you, so so you know how much I like you. And the maiden laughs, and, and she says, Well, I'll be honest, I am pretty impressed how quickly you became a master hawk hunter. Didn't expect that. And, and clearly, you do really care for me. There are just some things in the world that I don't think you understand. And the young man is like, Yes, you're right. I've been hidden away for so long that there's much of the world that feels foreign to me. And the maiden replies, Well, for all the love you show me, I'd be happy to explain anything to you that you might not understand and be at your side as we, as we step into the future together. And as long as you promise to never throw any animal eyes or body parts or anything like that at me, I think we'll be okay. All right? And he says, Yes, I'd like that very much. And they are happily married. This, this odd, 
but very loving and devoted man, and this clever and kind woman, and they live happily ever after. The end. So there we go. I turned his psychotic, sociopathic, stupid behavior into a guy who's just quirky and doesn't understand stuff because he's been so sheltered. But he means well, and he's still a good guy, so I amp that up in the adaptation and make him make him very loving. And the maiden in the adaptation sees this and also thinks his quirkiness is endearing. So it works. And this is olden times, so she wouldn't be as freaked out by the eyes as someone would be today. She'd be surprised and probably wouldn't care for it, sure, but when the misunderstanding was cleared up, she could laugh it off. I think that's believable. Especially if it was played by someone like Aubrey Plaza, just make that work. Some dark humor. And in the adaptation, the eyes are just from the dead rabbits that they hunted. So they're already dead. As opposed to the original story, where he cuts the eyes out of living animals, which is pretty fucked up and unforgivable, if you ask me. Can't really come back from that. So I had to tweak, tweak that bit to make it work. I couldn't fully leave out the bit about throwing severed eyeballs. That's too crucial to the original story. I had to keep that. Un no question. And there it is. The adaptation of Clever Hans. And that'll do it for this week's story session. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Come on back next week for a story titled Puss in Boots. Another one of the more popular classics curious about what the original is going to be like so come on back next week for that my name is zach stewart and these are the shadow bear story sessions